0: All right, thank you for tuning in. Brother Bud here, our spotlight on the Scripture today is going to be in John chapter number 15, verses 1 through 8. I want to show you three branches in John 15. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. I want you to see in John chapter number 15 that there are three branches branches now have you noticed by now that we've been looking at different threes in the Bible and uh, you may be wondering what that's all about. I'm really not a numbers guy but I'm holding in my hand right now a copy of E. W Bullinger's numbers in the scripture and this is what he says about the number 3 it is a it's a it stands for that which is solid real substantial complete and entire he says the number 3 is the number of completion Things are complete, our three attributes of God, omniscience, omnipresence, omnipotence. There are three great divisions in time, past, present, future, three persons in grammar, three, uh, the thought, word, and deed make up the complete sum of human capability, and so on and so forth. There, uh, I, I'll refer you to another book if you're interested in Numbers and that is The Divine Design of Digits by Dr. J. Randy Bell, B-E-L-L, The Divine Design of Digits. Wonderful numbers book, mathematical genius, probably the smartest preacher that I know. And I also recommend you to read After Bullinger if you're interested in numbers. I was not good at math. I told uh, my math teacher, Coach Levin, good in the ninth grade. That when I get out of school, I wasn't going to be doing math. And so you numerology guys are not going to trick me into doing math. That's just an observation. Those threes. Now, here's what you could take away from this book. Number one, uh, if your name is Ethelbert, there's two things I learned. Uh, you, uh, your mama didn't love you, and you're probably really good. At numbers, anyhow, I recommend it if you're interested in that kind of thing. It's just an observation on my part to notice that there are threes all throughout the Bible. Uh, I want to begin by introduction. There are three types of people in the world. Eight billion of us in the world right now, and all all eight billion of us fall into one of three categories or types of people. There's the natural man, the spiritual man, and the carnal man. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 14 said, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. That's man in his natural state. That's a lost man. And then he says in verse number 15, But he that is spiritual, judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. That's somebody that is saved, born of the Spirit. He's been regenerated. He's been born again by the grace of God, and he's the spiritual man. Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh, the Bible said. Well, there ought to be only two types of people, but unfortunately, there is a third type of person, and that is found in the very next chapter, First Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 1, he said, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able, for you are yet carnal. Uh, there's the carnal man. Now, that's somebody that's saved. The spiritual man's saved, and he's trying to live right. He's not perfect, but he wants to be. And then the, the carnal man, he's just as saved as the spiritual man, but he's walking in the flesh and not in the spirit. That's a different sermon for a different time. But I wanted to give you that as an introduction to the three branches of of John chapter number 15, we see these three types of people in these three branches. Let's, let's read the text together. John chapter number 15, verse number 1, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing." If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. There you have it, John chapter 15. Verses 1 through 8. I love John 15. You have the Father, you have the Son, and if you go on down in the chapter, he talks about the comforter that is yet to come. And I'll give you two guesses who that is and the first one don't count. That's the Holy Spirit. Thank God for that. I love John chapter 15, but I want you to see that in John chapter 15, there are three branches, uh, in this chapter, I want to mention them quickly. First of all, there's the fruitless branch. Then there's the faithful branch, and then there's the false branch. And this thing's all this chapter is all about fruit. You notice the three levels of fruit bearing in the chapter: fruit, much, excuse me, fruit, more fruit, much fruit. That's three levels of fruitfulness. Maybe that's another sermon another lesson for another time. But uh, I will get into that in just a minute. But this thing's about fruit. Well, fruit, the Bible speaks a lot about fruit. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, gives us the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, longsuffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and against such there is no law. That's the fruit of the Spirit. And then there's the fruit of sin mentioned in Romans chapter number 6. Uh, I didn't mark this one, so bear with me just a moment as I look Romans 6 up, not just verse 23. I wanted to read you Romans chapter number 6 and verse number, uh, let's see here, verse number 21. What fruit had you then in those things whereof you are now shamed? For the end of those things is death, but now being made free from sin, you became the servants. You became servants to God. You have your fruit unto holiness and the end, everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ, through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the fruit of sin. The fruit of the spirit in Galatians five. The fruit of sin in Romans six. But then there's the fruit of the soul winner. I like this one. Proverbs 11:30, "The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. But here in John chapter 15, we're dealing more with the fruit of the saints. What is the fruit? of the saints. Well I got some a couple of interesting verses to read you out of the book of Titus, chapter number three. Titus chapter three and verse number eight says, This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. If you jump over in verse number fourteen, Titus three. It says, "Let us let ours also learn to maintain good works for for necessary uses, that they be not, un excuse me, that they be not unfruitful. The fruit of the saints is good works. The fruit of the spirit, we have that in Galatians six. Fruit of the fruit of sin, we have that in Romans, uh, Galatians five rather. Romans six, we have the fruit of sin." And, of course, we have the fruit of the soul winner. But now I want you to notice with me the fruit of the saints, and it's all about giving glory to God. This is what he said in verse number five, excuse me, verse number eight. He said, for herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. The the Father is the husbandman. It's his responsibility to get the vine in the right shape uh, give it the right ingredients, all of the right, uh, give it the right environment, give it the proper uh, diet and and all the different things that it requires in order for it to bear fruit. And when it bears fruit, it gives glory to the Father. So the fruit of the saints is good works and that glorifies the Father. Now let's look at these three branches In John chapter number 15. First of all, notice with me in verse number two, there's the fruitless branch. He said, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Now I want you to notice this about the fruitless branch. First of all, I want you to see the redemption, the redemption scene in the fruitless branch. He said, in me, every branch in me. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17 said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. This branch is in the vine. It's, it's, if he's, this individual that we're looking at tonight is saved. They're saved, but I gotta keep reminding you. But they're because their life doesn't show it. Now, I won't say say this to you about fruit about fruit, and we know that fruit of the saints is good works. Good works are proof. You remember the 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 assumed contradiction between James chapter two and and Romans chapter four. Romans chapter four is uh, justification without the works of the law. James chapter number two, he said, faith without works is dead. Well, there's a key word in James chapter two, and that's the word show, S-H-E-W, in your King James Bible. Show, show me thy faith by thy works. And that's what good works is. It's proof, proof, proof of a redeemed life. Now, I'll say this to you. This branch under discussion tonight in John 15, chapter, 15th chapter, verse number two. Every branch in me. This branch is in Christ. It's it's a saved person that we're talking about. The redemption scene in the fruitless branch. But then I want you to notice the rebellion seen in the fruitless branch. The Bible said, beareth not fruit. I want you to understand that the most natural thing in the world is for a fruit, is for fruit to pop out, on a branch that is in the vine if Jesus is the true vine and he is and if the father is the husbandman and he is and you're in you're in the vine you're you're a part of this system then the most natural normal thing in the world to happen is for fruit to just pop out and that's what that's what's supposed to happen You remember how Jesus feels about fruitless trees. Jesus saw a fig tree on his way to Jerusalem. He saw the leaves. He saw the foliage. It was the right color, probably the right height, and it looked like a fig tree, smelled like a fig tree, blew in the wind like a fig tree. But when he got up there, because he was hungry, didn't have no figs on it, and he cursed it. I want you to understand something about this fruitless branch. There is a rebellion seen in this fruitless branch. I say rebellion because it was, it's a willful disobedience. The branch under question has not responded properly to the hand of the husbandman. You're not going to tell me that Jesus, the true vine, is not doing his job. By the way, that unseen sap of the Holy Spirit is flowing through the branches, and that's what causes the increase. Jesus is doing his job. The Father's doing his job. He's keeping it clean. He's protecting it. He's hedged about this vine. He keeps the little foxes from spoiling it. He protects it and watches over it and he cares for it, and he gives it all the opportunity that it needs in order to bear fruit, but yet something is keeping this fruit, this fruit from happening. Something has stunted the growth of this particular branch, and I'm going to tell you, you can label it whatever you want to, put an ism on the end of it, and you might tell a doctor that, and he'll write you a prescription. But old brother Bud's going to tell you what it is, honey. It ain't nothing but rebellion. He's responded. He's, res- he's not responded properly to the touch of the hand of the husbandman. And so you see, there's a redemption scene in the fruitless branch. He's in Christ. But there's a rebellion scene in the fruitless branch. He beareth not fruit. And then I want you to see the removal there's a removal scene in the fruitless branch. Bible said, taketh away. Now, taketh away, that's a different word used in verse number six. We're going to look at verse number six in just a minute. But this word here, it means to lift. As a result of that, some commentators, and I'm not being ugly and uh, uh, just trying to disagree with everybody. But this some commentators have taken this to believe because that word means to lift up. It means that he just brought the branch up out of the dirt and cleaned it off and, and put him back, and that's real. It makes you feel all warm and fuzzy. But I what I'm telling you that's not what happened here. Here's what the Bible says about that. Here's what the husbandman does with the fruitless branch. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he the husbandman taketh away. He takes it away. He clips it off, he removes it. Where does he take it, brother bud? I have no idea. Does it does he put it in the hell? Well you'll not mention there's no mention of any fire here, not in verse number two. Uh, I don't know, but I have an idea. 1 John chapter number five talks about a sin unto death, and First John chapter five is not evangelistic. It is a it is a, a letter to, to from a saint to saints. John, in his Johannan uh, style, uses personal pronouns all throughout his writings. And and that's that leads us to understand that that sin unto death can be committed by a saved person. Now a saved person can get to the point where they are no longer of use, uh no longer not only no, no longer of use, but are a liability and a hindrance to the work of the of the vine and the good husbandman who is kind and gracious but still. He will take it away. So there's a removal scene in the fruitless branch. Now let's move on to the next branch. In John chapter 15, verses 2 through 5, he said, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. That's that fruitless branch. And then he said, Every branch that beareth fruit. Thank God this is the faithful branch. Every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, he can do nothing. I showed you, first of all, the fruitless branch. But now I want you to see the faithful branch. He's he's got fruit. Thank God for it. Look at this. I want you to see, first of all, the position of the faithful branch. He is, as in verse number two, in me. This branch. This branch, the faithful branch, just like the fruitless branch, is in the vine, in the vine. But then it says in verse number number four, abide in me and I in you. Now I want you to see this. Verse number five, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. This branch is a faithful branch. That word abide, it simply means to stay put. You know what you got to do to bear fruit? Just stay put. Don't, there's no, uh, no free agent Christians out there Jesus said without me you can do nothing And I'll promise you this If you don't abide in him Well let me back up How, What does it mean to abide in him He said if, if, if you abide in me Verse 7 And my words abide in you You shall ask what you will and it shall be done I'm going to tell you something about abiding in him and he abiding in you. It's all about the word of God. If you get in the Bible, the Bible will get into you. You remain in the Bible, the Bible will remain in you. It's not just memorizing scripture, it's memorizing it, it's meditating on it, it's putting it into practice. is the, the wonderful words of life found written in the word of God. Jesus said, if ye abide in me, in my words abide in you. Those are connected. Those are connected. The word and the word abide is connected in verse number seven. The key to this thing of being fruitful is just staying put. Staying in the word of God. The position of the faithful branch. He's in. He's in Christ. I like Psalm 1 verses 1 through 3. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he Meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now, you thought I was making that up about staying in the Word of God and about it being being fruitful. It's all connected. It's all connected. You gotta have re, re, deep roots in the Word of God the position of the faithful branch. Then I want you to notice the pruning of the faithful branch. Look back up at verse number two. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, it taketh away. Every branch that beareth fruit, watch this, he, the husbandman, the wise, caring husbandman, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. The only thing the father likes better than fruit is more fruit. Hallelujah. And so he'll take that faithful branch that's got a few little buds on it here and there showing some potential and abiding in the vine and doing what it's supposed to be doing. He'll start taking things away from it. That word that word, purgeth means to, it's a compound word, means to cleanse. I like verse 3. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Honey, I'm telling you this whole thing's about the word of God. We're cleansed by the washing of the water of the word. The word of God will clean us up. He said you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. And that word purgeth. Purgeth means to cleanse and to prune. He'll remove branches. He'll take away things from you that you'll think you need. He'll take things away from you that you think you can't live without. But honey, the wise, caring husbandman knows how to get more fruit. He's not trying to hurt you. He he is developing you, and from taking you from one level of faithfulness to another level of faithfulness. And so you see the position of the faithful branch, the pruning of the faithful branch, and then finally on this one, the product of the faithful branch. I like this. Three levels of fruit. There's fruit mentioned in verse number two. Now, that's good. That's good. That's way better than that fruitless branch, honey. That fruitless branch was in the vine, had all the opportunities and all the same uh, uh, opportunities that the other branches had, but yet rebelled against it and didn't bear fruit. Well, this one has bare borne fruit, And so that's good. Fruit, that's the first level. That's verse number two. That's good. More fruit, verse two. He said, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now more fruit, fruit's good. But more fruit, that's growth, honey. Praise God. More fruit is growth. And now look at verse number five. He says in verse five, I am am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit fruit hallelujah you see the three stages fruit more fruit much fruit look at verse number look at verse number 7 or excuse me is it verse i think it's verse number 8 look at verse number 8 herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit fruit is good more fruit is growth but much fruit that's glory Glory to the Father. Hallelujah. And that's the faithful branch. Then I want you to come with me now to the last one, the third and final branch in the parable of the vine in John chapter 3. I showed you the fruitless branch. I showed you the faithful branch. And now I want you to see verse number 6, the false branch. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Now, here's what, here, here's what I want to say about that false branch. The false branch is exposed. Look at what he says. He changes his, uh, his, the way he says it. He, he doesn't use these personal pronouns. If a man, if a man abide not, in me. all oh, by, He is cast forth as a branch. Underline that little word as. Now, I want you to look at verse number one. Jesus said, I am the true vine. Well, this is a process of deduction not deductive study. I don't believe in that whatsoever, but deductive reasoning. If there is a true vine, it stands to reason, neighbor, that there is a false vine. I'm telling you that there's a false vine, there's a false branch, and there's a false fruit. There's another Christ. There's another gospel. There's another spirit. And this one is what I call the false branch. He's attached to the false vine. He's close but he's not connected. He's what we'd call a sucker vine. That sucker vine will climb up alongside that good that good grape vine. It'll look like it, it'll smell like it, it'll act like it, have the same shaped leaves. You probably wouldn't be able to tell it. Very much like the parable of the wheat and the tares. You couldn't tell the wheat from the tares until it come harvest time and then they could tell it. That sucker branch, that sucker vine that old false vine. That there's, a, there's a true vine, and that's Jesus. And there's a false vine. I'll give you three guesses who that false vine is, and the first two don't count. This false branch is not in the vine. If a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch. It's not even a real branch. He's, he's as a branch. So you see that the false branch is exposed in verse number six, and then the false branch is expelled. Watch this. He says he's cast forth, cast forth. That word cast, if it gives you the idea of violence. You remember back up in verse number uh, verse number two, where the good, the kind, gracious husbandman had to had no choice, had to remove. The fruitless branch that used the word to lift, to lift, probably took them on to heaven. But this is not the same word at all. This this word cast, it means to, it means to with violence, cast. And then in that word forth, Matthew chapter number 5 and verse number 13. I think I got that right here. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 13, that word first appears, and it says, let me see if I can find it here. Matthew 5, I'm in Matthew 3. Matthew 5, verse 13. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt hath lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth, thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out. Same word. Cast out. And to be trodden under foot of men. You see that? That word that word cast means with violence. Fourth gives it was the word the idea of out, outer darkness, that he's expelled. And, and here's what it says he's withered. Now look at this. The false branch has been exposed. He's not even a real branch. He's an old sucker branch. He's been, he's been uh, latched on to the real vine getting all the benefits, trying to get all the benefits of being in the vine without actually any of the responsibilities, being in the vine. You know, our churches are full of people just like that. They're along for the ride. They come to see the show. They're not going to participate in the things of God. They're not real, not been saved, they're among us, they're not really of us. They're of that false they're of that false vine. They're the false branch. They might look like us, might talk like us, might dress like us, might carry our Bible, use our vocabulary, but they are not us. I'm thinking about Judas Iscariot. Nobody knew that it was Judas, even that night in John chapter number thirteen, when Jesus handed him that sop. Nobody at that table knew but three of them. Jesus knew because he's the Christ. Judas knew because he was the culprit. But John knew because he was the closest. Hallelujah. I want you to know Judas, nobody expected him. Nobody suspected him that he was the one. He was not. He was of that false vine. He was a false branch. All the benefits wanting all the benefits of being in a part of the church without any of the responsibilities. So you see, the false branch is exposed, and the false branch is expelled. And then I want you to see lastly, the false branch is exterminated. The Bible said that men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Honey, that is burning that's here's what happens they're withered they're gathered and then they're burned it reminds me of the very first new testament sermon ever preached do you remember the very first preacher of the new testament he was the last of the old testament preachers and the first of the new testament preachers and i'm talking about john the baptist and he preached that fiery sermon in john chapter matthew chapter number 3 Chapter 3 and verse number 10, he said, And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Oh, my. That's the very first sermon ever preached in the New Testament, preached by John the Baptist. And it it was a sermon about fruit. Honey fruit trees, apple trees bring forth apples, and orange trees bring forth oranges. And that's exactly what's supposed to happen. And it's the most natural, normal thing in the world for a branch to bear fruit if it's in the vine. So you see, there's a, fr- there's a fruitless branch. Then there's a faithful branch, and then there's a false branch branch. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you for tuning in.